0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study that we post every Wednesday evening at 6.30. That's the same time that we meet together at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ for our midweek Bible classes. We know that not everybody, even in the Omaha area, can be with us at that particular time, but we know that other people listen to our podcasts in other parts of the country and literally around the world. And so we're thankful to have the opportunity and the ability and the means to teach God's Word On such widespread basis through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. So we're thankful to be able to help people get into God's Word. And we know that a lot of people they want to be in Bible studies. They want to learn more about the Bible, about God's Word, but they cannot always be with somebody who can be teaching them that on a personal basis. So again, God has blessed us to be able to teach his word through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts all over the world, wherever the pod, wherever the internet is available. We're thankful that you're there. We're thankful to be here with you. We want to encourage you, if you are in the Omaha area, come and be with us in person. Sunday morning Bible classes begin at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evening, we come back together at 6 o'clock for another period of worship and Bible study. And then, as I said, Wednesday evenings, we come back together at 6.30 p.m. each Wednesday evening for midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street and we encourage you to also tell everybody to go to our website at churchofchrist.com churchofchrist.com click on the podcast button and sign up for a podcasting now that's free it always will be free and when someone signs up for a podcasting they will automatically receive Wednesday night bible class Sunday morning bible class all of our sermons and a great deal more bible study material that will be taught in our various podcasts on a daily basis. So all of that will be free, and it will go automatically to their smart device, whether that's their phone or computer or whatever device they choose. Now, we encourage you also to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. You can help somebody grow in their faith since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, and you may help somebody come to God through Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation, and ultimately get to heaven simply by getting them into God's word by sharing these studies with them. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to begin, we're going to get back into our study from the gospel account according to John. John. We are actually in the middle of chapter 5. Last time we looked at Jesus healing the lame man at the pool in Bethesda. We talked about that. And then we began and then we got into verses 16 through 23 talking about how Jesus was persecuted and actually his well, his enemies, if you want to think of it from that perspective. But these were supposed to be religious leaders within the Jewish community and by and large. And yet they sought to kill him because he was speaking in the Sabbath and 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 identifying himself as the Son of God, and they said they're making you're making you know he was making himself equal with God. Well, he is God the Son, just as God the Father is God the Father, and the Holy Spirit is God the Holy Spirit, and so they didn't like that. Again, he fulfilled all of the prophecies from the Old Testament about the coming Savior Messiah, but they did not like the. <laughs> they're not, I guess we could say the form or the image that he came in. Now, he came fully human, so he obviously was man, but they wanted a military leader. They wanted somebody who would come and kind of, uh, you know, be charismatic, I guess, and, and draw the, the men of the, uh, of, of the nation of Israel together to fight against the Roman uh, occupying army and drive them out and restore the glory, the former glory, back to Israel by making it an independent nation again. Well, Jesus could not come as a physical warrior. He came as a spiritual warrior. He came as a, to be a spiritual king, and, but he was not, again, the image that they were looking for. So they rejected him. They did not believe in him. Now, did many Jews become Christians? Absolutely. But the vast, vast majority did not, and still have not to this day. Now, we come down to verse 24 in John chapter five, and I want to begin actually with verse 23, Jesus saying that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in me i rather believes in him who sent me, has everlasting life, and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. I want to make a, a point, I'm not going to belabor it, but when you look at that close, well, it's not really the closing uh, section of chapter 5, but it's verses 16 through 23, and especially if you drop down to verse 21 and read verses 21 through 23, and then pick up with verse 24, Jesus is, is, is making the point that if you love God, the Father, you, you should love me, God the Son. Again, the Jewish leadership and most of the Jews did not accept Jesus as God the Son. They did not accept him as the prophesied coming Messiah or Savior. They were looking for a different kind of Savior, a different kind of Messiah, but they still believed in God. Now, Jesus said, if you believe in God, you should believe in me. God the Father sent me as the Savior. I want to make, and some people might think, well, that's, you know, really kind of a trivial comparison, but it's a comparison that we can relate to. Let's say somewhere along the line, <clears throat> a husband and wife, they have a child. Maybe they have a couple of children, but let's just focus on one child, and dreadfully the wife becomes ill and she dies and so it's left with the the husband or the father and the child or it could be just the opposite there could be an accident or a dreaded illness that that strikes the father and he dies and then the mother she's left as a single parent raising the child I once knew a young lady. I think she was about 28 years old, no more than 29, I don't believe. And she was already married the third time. Now, someone might say, well, boy, she must have been a a, a promiscuous young woman to be married three times, and she's no more than 28 or not 29 years old. Now, that was not the case at all. Both of her previous husbands had died one of them i believe in vietnam in the war the second one on a motorcycle accident and so they were both dead now she already had children i believe by the time she met her as as i came to to know her and her husband her present husband now think about you've got the single father and he's raising a young child or you've got a single mother and she's raising a young child or maybe more than one child more than one child so then whatever the case might be whether it's the single father or the single mother they meet somebody and they develop a relationship they fall in love and they start talking about marriage now maybe in the case of the mother, it's she meets a man who seems to really love her, and so they come to a point where, but it could be the other way around. It could be the husband. He meets a woman who seems to really love him, and they start talking about marriage. They start talking about being married to one another and establishing their own home. Well, what do they do with the young child that's already been born to either the single mother or the single father? Well, you see, they, they, whoever the other person is who wants to join into a marriage relationship with that single mother, a single father, they need to understand it's a package deal. You don't just take the, the mother and say, but I, I don't really want to be a father to your child. Or you don't take the father and say, but I don't really want to be a, a mother to your child. No, it's a package deal. They go hand in hand. If you're going to love the father then you're going to love the child that belongs to the father. If you love the mother, you're going to belong. To, you're going to love the child who belongs to the mother. Unfortunately, there are a number of marriages that take place in those, in, in, under those kinds of scenarios, where the new husband or new wife uh, they have a bit of a hard time really accepting, being close to, really loving that child that was already born to that single parent. Well, if you're going to have problems accepting that child, loving that child, don't get married to the father or the mother because it's a package deal. So Jesus tries to get across to the to the Jewish people, look, you love the father, you say, then you need to love me because the father sent me. It's a package deal. When Jesus was addressing the apostles in the night of his betrayal. John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, except through me. So Jesus is our mediator between us and God, the Father. We cannot come to God except through Jesus. Now I know what a lot of people, they they try to explain that away, but that's the fact of the matter. It's a both and situation. It's a package deal, if you want to use that, you know, kind of illustration that I used from a physical relationship perspective. I remember he, a man, he wasn't wasn't much of a young man, but I mean he wasn't old by any means, probably somewhere forty years old or so. Came to be one day and he had he had previously declared that he did not believe in God and did not believe in Jesus. An atheist, he said. Well, over years, some years of worshiping with the church, studying with members of the church, listening to sermons and lessons being taught, he came to me one day and he said, I'm ready to be baptized. And I said, really? You believe in God now? He said, yes, I believe in God. And I said, you believe in, your, in, your, in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And he got quiet. And he said, maybe I better wait a while. I'm not sure about Jesus. And so he walked away. And that was appropriate because it's a package deal. If you want to come to the Father, you've got to come through Jesus. Think about all the ways that Jesus is our mediator. And We may study about this later in another in another, uh <clears throat> section of our podcasting, perhaps in our uh, today's Bible class lessons that are short studies every day, seven days a week. We may may focus on the fact that Jesus is our mediator with God in a number of different ways. And what he laid out in John 14 and verse 6, that there is no way to come to God except through him, that's basic to that understanding. Well, later, and it wasn't too terribly much later, the man came back to me one day, and actually he came, He stepped forward at the invitation. As the, the sermon had been preached, the invitation song was being sung, and he said, I'm ready to be baptized. And I said, you believe in Jesus now? He said, I believe in Jesus Christ. He came to understand it had to be both and, not just one or the other. He could not come to God without coming through Jesus. He had to believe both in Jesus and God the Father in order to be right with God, in order to truly come to God. And he came to that understanding. He did a great deal of studying, and I'm sure a great deal of thought went into his whole process of making that transition in his life from what he had considered to be atheism to, being, to becoming a true, full-blown Christian through Jesus Christ and before God the Father. And then he became a dedicated Christian, not just one wearing the name, but a dedicated working Christian. Well, so that's what Jesus is trying to get across here in in, in the second half of chapter five of John's gospel account. It's both and. You believe in God, you need to believe in me. In verse 25, he goes on and he says, Jesus still speaking, most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who hear will live. Now, Jesus knew that the Jewish leadership, the opposition, so to speak, to him being accepted and and embraced and taught as being the Savior, the Son of God, he knew he was going to end up on the cross. He knew that before he left heaven to become man and serve as the Savior. But dying on the cross was not going to stop the effect of what he came to be. He came to be the Savior. Dying on the cross, he died as the Savior. He paid the price for the guilt of our sins. We read, the, we read those particular statements continually through a number of Old Test, uh, New Testament uh, books. John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the book of Acts, we read about it also in, in uh, Hebrews several times. He was offered, God the Father offered him as the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. There's salvation and no other. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, Acts 4 and verse 12. God demonstrated his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5 and verse 8. He was offered for us, Hebrews 10 and verse 10. You see, we can read on and on and on, over and over and over again, and we can get that message, and we need to accept that message. There is no way to God except through Jesus. So those religious groups, and they are numerous, who say, well, you, numerous in, in adherence, who say, well, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus as God's Son, as my Savior, as my Lord. Well, then you're coming up short because it's both and, Jesus and God the Father, God the Son and God the Father. It's a package deal, and you don't get to God except through Jesus. doesn't matter how many people you have in your religious persuasion. It's only through Jesus you can come to God. You have to come to that point where you recognize and accept and believe with all of your heart that Jesus is the Son of God. And that's the basis of John 3 and verse 16, where Jesus said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, that belief includes obedience to him, to the gospel message that he brought from heaven. So, Jesus says again, verse 25, John chapter 5, Most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. Now, do you see how Jesus is repeatedly drawing the relationship between God the Father and God the Son together? and helping his listeners as he's been teaching the gospel message that he was sent from heaven to bring to mankind he keeps letting them know i am the savior and i am sent from god the father and if you want to come to him you've got to come through you've got to go through me so and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can of myself do nothing, Jesus said, as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own My own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. And so he's saying, I'm simply here fulfilling the will of God the Father. And so you need to understand, God wants you to come to him, but you must come through me. And notice again when he says, the, the hour is coming in which, those who are, uh, in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Whose voice? Jesus' voice and come forth on that final day of judgment. In verse 31 he goes on and says, if i hear if i bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and i know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. And so who is that? He goes on and says verse 33, you have sent to you, you have sent to John and he has borne witness to the truth. Remember John, going back to chapter 1 of John's gospel account, we're talking about John, not John the apostle, but John the cousin of Jesus, the immerser, the one God sent forth to prepare the way for the coming Savior. Twice in that first chapter, he confessed Jesus as the Savior, as the Son of God, as the one he had been preparing the way for. So verse 33, Jesus says, you have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I I say these things that you may be saved. He who was, uh, rather, he was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than John. Now, so Jesus says, hey, John was teaching you about the coming Savior. He was like a light. You know, uh, illuminating God's will for you, talking about the coming savior. He bore witness to me that I am that savior. But but Jesus said, "But I don't need just a human witness. I have one greater than John. I have a greater witness than John, than John's for the works which the Father has given me to finish." The very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Jesus performed all kinds of miracles and signs and wonders demonstrating that the power and authority of God was behind and within everything that he taught, everything that he claimed to be as the Savior. He says those works. You might want to turn around from a different perspective and say he could have been saying how could I have done those miracles if I was not from the Father? How could I perform those signs and wonders without God's power within me? And so he says, the works that I do, they bear witness to me that the Father has sent me. The Father's power is within me. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. Now, how did God bear witness to Jesus or of Jesus? Well, Jesus just said, I'm doing miracles and wonders and signs. The power of God is within me. But also, Jesus fulfilled those enormous number of prophecies in the Old Testament scriptures about the coming Savior, and he fulfilled them in minute detail, and in that way, God's word was testifying or pointing to the fact, upholding, bearing witness to Jesus being the Savior, the Son of God. But you do not have his word abiding in you because because whom he sent, him you do not believe. Well, again, they did not believe in Jesus. The vast, vast majority of the Jewish people, did not accept him as the Savior. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. The Jewish people knew this, the, the prophetic scriptures of the coming Savior. They could see that their fulfillment in Jesus, but they didn't like Jesus as the Savior, so they rejected him. Verse 40, Jesus goes on and he says, that you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. Well, why could he say that? Well, because they were rejecting him and he was the personification and still is the personification of God's love. Again, John 3 and verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while Jesus, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I have come in my father's name, he went on in verse 43, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God. Do not think that I shall accuse you to my father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. Because you see, Moses prophesied of God ultimately sending one like him. He was prophesying of the coming Savior. And so, you reject me, you reject the, the, you reject the prophecy of Moses. In verses 46 and 47, we close out the chapter. Jesus goes on and says, for if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. Going back to Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 15, verses 18 through 22. And in verse 47, Jesus goes on, but if you do not believe his writings how will you believe my words? Luke chapter 16, verses 29 through 30 through 31. Again, over and over and over again, Jesus fulfilled in minute detail the Old Testament prophecies of God sending the coming Savior. And yet, because he came as a carpenter's son, he did not come as a government figure. He did not come uh, that is a civil government figure. He did not come as a military hero. They did not accept him. He came He came as the Savior. He died on the cross as the Savior. And that's not what they were looking for in the Savior they wanted. But you see, What we want sometimes does not change the fact of what is or what we need. God's truth is truth, whether we believe it or not, whether we accept it or not, whether we like it or not. Truth is truth. Truth is not, and especially God's truth, is not up for a vote, a unanimous opinion. It is the truth. And again, everybody can not believe in it, but that does not change the fact that it is the truth. And what did Jesus say? John 8 and verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. We've got to come to the, to the understanding and the reconciliation in our mind that we have to believe the truth of God's word. And we have to submit it, submit to it, because it is God's word, God's truth, God's will. We'll pick up with chapter six next time. That's a long chapter, and it's a great chapter. I hope you'll read that ahead. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son into this world as our savior. Father, we pray that you will help souls everywhere, all around the world, come to understand that Jesus is your Son, our Savior, our Lord, and that you will help them, guide them to come to you through him. Help us who already believe in him to help others believe. Please, Father, we pray at this time, please forgive us of our sins and hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.